0: Welcome to the Teaching and Learning Research Communities Interview Series. In these podcasts, we bring together researchers and practitioners to discuss the big changes in education as we adjust to teaching and learning in the time of COVID-19 and look ahead to the fall. Our mission is to eliminate the gap between research and practice in the field of education.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Kathy Cavanaugh. I am Chief Technology Officer at the Lastinger Center for Learning at the University of Florida. Um, and I'm thrilled to be bringing um, a conversation to you with Dr. Phil Neufeld, who is Executive Officer of Uh, IT in Fresno Unified School District. I've known Phil for several years through a journey that led to um, a very successful um, kind of COVID uh, response in their district, and um, so I'm hoping that he has some stories to share with you, I'm sure he does, um, that will help you as you move forward. Um, So welcome, Phil. Thanks for being here.
0: Thank you, Kathy. It's good to be with you. I've learned so much from you along the way, so good to be here.
1: Excellent. Um, So I want to start out by um, understanding Fresno uh, School District and their teachers' journey toward hybrid learning. It didn't just start this year when when we went into um, quarantine. So tell us a little bit of the history.
0: Yeah. Well, so um, let me start with the the, the big why of our journey. Uh, we, We believe that students live and emerge into a world that isn't going to be like ours entirely. Their world's technologically infused, rapidly changing, highly interconnected. So we asked how might we better prepare these students for their futures with the skills, competencies, critical knowledge, life skills, and agency to navigate that world. We began about five years ago our personalized learning initiative, we call it PLI. It built upon high quality instruction, student voice, collaboration, and the intentional use of technology. It included the necessary conditions. I call them the necessary conditions because they're foundational like working internet, Wi-Fi, laptops, and tech supports. And then it included strong structures of supports for teachers who chose to participate in this journey, like professional learning, communities of practice and job embedded coaching. So we now have over 1000 teachers who have directly participated in PLI through professional learning cohort and or at one of the 35 partner schools where they design roll out blended learning. The results year over year showed students in PLI classrooms outperform their peers on the state test and all ethnic groups participate in these academic gains and all students enjoyed more active engagement that led to more student ownership and students grew their skills through learning that embedded content and competency within the learning task. Teachers and schools um, celebrated these changes in practice and it truly was a joy to see what was happening in the classroom as we learned alongside with our teachers. I remember one classroom last week in school and um, the teacher turned to the students and said, okay, you guys know what the learning objective is? Um, you know how you can drive your learning. And she then was able to engage with me in a conversation. But I turned to the class and I saw everyone choosing how to do that. And really what you saw in that experience, because they were choosing whether to do, do it with a digital tool or not, whether to do it with peers or not, is what you'd want to see in the workplace and what is necessary in the higher ed world. So it's been an exciting journey along the way. And that's what's been building our ability, our readiness to respond to covid And uh, the reopening of schools as well.
1: That's fantastic. Um, I love the way that the initiative has given students and educators opportunities to lead within the communities um, where they live and they work. Mm -hmm. So what what did you do to support educators um, and sustain their professional learning over all of these years as you expanded um, the
0: approach? Yeah. So our approach was asset-based, strengths-honoring, and practice-driven better structures and strategies, whether at the classroom, school, or system level lead to these better outcomes. So we employed multiple structures of supports, including professional learning, communities of practice, the coaching. Our communities of practice created new networks, new connections for learning alongside others, both across grade levels, content areas, and schools. During our our webinars for remote learning uh, uh, during the uh, school closures during uh, uh, COVID, we saw like a second grade teacher, an eighth grade teacher in a webinar, helping each other solve a problem that was relative to um, what they were doing. So one is just that at communities of practice and making sure that they, they create those new linkages. We also had to address change at multiple levels, um, teacher levels, school site levels, and at the systems level. So if we want improvement in people's practice, then we need to reimagine how we shape their learning experience. Linda darling hammond had a study on effective professional development, found it uses models of effective practice, incorporates active learning, and it has enough uh, ongoing persistence in in, uh, people's access to it. So we asked, why did teachers use PowerPoint at the front of the classroom to lecture? Probably because it's what they saw the professors do, and they've seen it in professional learning sessions. So we instead focused on teachers getting the effective why of future readiness experiencing as a learner these new teaching practices, getting trained on the use of apps, and then intentionally practicing these new approaches. Ironically, <laughs> after we sort of had these future ready videos and how the uh, you know, real short pieces, we had teachers get into groups that were virtual and actually they would get a piece of a PowerPoint slide and have to collaborate around what's their why for shifting their, their teaching practices. They took these new practices back to the classroom, and the changes in classrooms and across schools is special and worthy of celebration. There is more innovation in context, more sharing of these practices across uh, the community, and more student ownership of learning. The PLI team had but a few people, so our work required activating these networks of teachers, collaborating across departments, and engaging external partners in order to create, to create a sustainable movement. And. We made this sustainable also by grounding this work in student voice and teacher choice. So teachers were empowered to innovate in context. And when COVID-19 hit, we were more ready. We learned alongside teachers with rich experiential webinars and competency-based teacher supports uh, for our on-demand training website, which uh, is publicly available, Fresno Unified. And if you look up on-demand training, you'll get there.
1: Oh, thank you so much for the the hard work that you've done over time. It's it's a great um, story that just keeping going um, over time will bring you the results that Mm -hmm. you mentioned, you know, those those significant results. Um, And it's all through this culture of collaboration that you've created. Um, So now that you've been doing this for five years and you've gotten the results that you have, um, you know, through system change, we learn something every day. What have you learned that would, that you'd advise others differently or kind of you wish you knew, you know, a year or two or five years ago?
0: Yeah, well, there's some things that we wouldn't change, but at the moment we thought it wasn't necessarily wise. Uh, We've come now to look differently upon it. In our first year, we had 440 teachers applying for 220 spots in this first cohort. It's almost like a classroom grant. Um, Our chief academic officer insisted we have, you know, at least two teachers per school. And because we had a union, we selected by lottery. Now, the beautiful thing about this is our first cohort had the same rich diversity of teachers as our general population. So we had to develop professional learning experiences that worked, not just for the so called high flyers, but for everyone. So that was one of those good fortune pieces, right? Look to make sure that what you're doing works for all teachers. Uh, our superintendent told me when we started this, you know, I said, it's going to take 18 to 36 months to see this, you know, approach work out in terms of student outcomes. He said, no, no, you got to get some signals early on to know whether what you're doing with your professional learning is landing, if there's change in the classroom. So we developed a learning analytics practice with some strong partners like Microsoft and Digital Promise. And uh, we continued with that. Uh, And Kath, you're aware, and actually we're a participant in that, and that's actually been really um, helpful now as we continue forward, because teachers see the results, leaders see the results, and they're actually themselves becoming. More attuned to these signals, uh, these data signals from uh, the different tools, and how to use data better to know who's engaged, where are they engaged, where are they learning, where aren't they learning, and why, and how do I make a change for each student. Change in educational systems is also multi layered. We began with teachers in year one, then we started working at a school level in year two. We brought in a partner, Education Elements, to help us at the school level. and, and the one thing I learned in, in year three is if you're going to scale something out, have structures and routines that help more teachers implement these things quickly. Um, so that would be something I would say, you know, if we can find ways to make it more um, adoptable would be another. And then, and then make sure you're ready for some resistance um, and make sure you've got folks who understand how to explain the why of what you're doing and how it's better and you've gathered data. The other keys are just adapt to the situations because they're they're different each year. They're different in every school. Adjust for scale up and be persistent long enough for the new practices and mindsets to take root. Uh, it's a uh, we're in our fifth year and at this point this is becoming what we expect in Fresno Unified. So, but it takes a while.
1: I'm really glad that you mentioned um, motivation. Um, you know. It, Going through change even for one year is hard work and motivation is so important. And seeing the effect of that change early on, I think must be tremendously motivating um, or at least getting information to let you know when you need to change course early. Right. So yeah, it's, it's good to hear about the, the partnerships that you, you created to help to build the capacity that you needed within the district.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So let's look forward as you think about hybrid learning specifically in the year ahead. And, and um, you you know colleagues, other leaders who are working toward a, a refined hybrid approach um, next year. What advice do you have for them?
0: Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll bring this back to PLI and it also will relate to the hybrid piece. Always, you know, begin with the end in mind. What will students need to be able to choose, how they participate in society, What does future ready look like? What will learning look like? When students are in classrooms, and then sometimes at home, we're also going to have a complete online program next year as well. So, what's the context? What's their situation? What are the factors at play, like time, space, accountability structures, routines, and then what are the affordances that are there that uh, that you can take advantage of? You know, um, so um, then start with where you're at. Okay. Regardless of uh, you know, the system, the school, the teacher, um, so that they can innovate in context. Um, at the same time, the last, the next piece is managing cognitive load. Um, we can't expect teachers, you know, to 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 go from level three to level five on on pedagogy, maybe on technology, go from level one to level five, and and on. Um, So it's about where are they at and then allowing them to make uh, the right next move to improve the teaching And the same way with the students. So, um, you know, make sure we manage a load of that, personalize it for teachers and students. You know, what's your right next step? How can we help you? And that varies with our webinars. We essentially had a uh, office hours at the end of every webinar. And some teachers were asking, how do I make sure that I can have my entire site do X, Y and Z? Others are like, how can I record a webinar so I can share it, you know, my initial, um, session, um, with the students. So I, I call it, uh, for teachers and students, the beautiful jagged edges of humans, right? So we need to celebrate those, honor those, and then uh, continue to be adaptable along the way. Um, the, um, the reach out to partners, reach out to people who are experienced, higher ed has done, uh, and, and there's been, K, you know, Kathy, you've been involved in K-12, um, online learning for a long time. Learn from those people and then and then see how, to, how does it apply in what you're doing in fall. Um, and, and you got to adapt because some of the, the things that we've been given uh, have either political or economic realities also attached to them for schooling. And we're gonna have to just take whatever the context is and figure out how for every student and every teacher, there's good instruction, there's good learning, And the necessary conditions allow that to happen and then celebrate that, you know, the community doesn't know how much sweat some teachers are doing through these transitions and for students in in poverty, how difficult it is, even if you've got a device and internet access to get up in the morning and make sure that you're engaged in the learning when you not necessarily have the family support systems there. So, and that's where the community can weigh in as well to, to provide the supports. But we need to create, make sure these stories uh, really reach out to others because this is what's happening across the globe and there are challenges and there are great successes at the same time.
1: That's an important message that we're we're not in this alone. There are others who've gone before us and, and have something to contribute, and and thank you for bringing the the lens back to equity. Um, I I know that that's been such an important focus in Fresno Unified for for many years, um, and I think that that's a struggle um, in in some districts. So it's it, it's a, an, an important example for others, and and I'll finally say that I like the way that you're balancing aspiration and empathy in your approach. You know, you mm-hmm. think about what's the, what's the end goal that you have, you know, what's the dream and what's the reality of how we need to be sensitive to, um, you know, to what everyone's going through every day. So beautiful work, um, fantastic story. And um, I'm sure others will be reaching out to you to hear more.
0: Thank you. Good to be with you. Thanks for listening. You can find more about the TLRC as well as finding more resources and episodes from this series at edresearch4tl.org.